Today on Blue 58, as the season lurches toward a start, it's time to take a look at every part of the organization. That starts with general manager Brian Gutekunst. What do we make of the GM heading into his third regular season? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast to thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerden. Happy to be with you here for another episode. Got a lot I want to get to in this episode, and I'm nervous about diving into some of this stuff because it could date pretty quickly, but I think it's important to keep the conversation going around a couple of these uh, pandemic-related topics, so we're going to get to those in a second. First, a couple of housekeeping notes. Patreon got some new content this week for the first time in a while. Been really bummed out about how I haven't been able to get stuff up there as regularly as I would like, and that is going to be changing here in the near future. We're going to be pushing to get some new content out on, I think, a weekly basis for most of July and August. That's the goal, at least. I've got a few things lined up, and we should be able to churn them out pretty regularly, and I'm excited for some of the stuff that we're going to be able to show you there. But for those of you who are Patreon supporters, you should have in your email inboxes a 90-part giant blog post, essentially, trying to give you one fact about every player that's currently on the Packers roster heading into training camp, and there should be some stuff that you don't know. Some of this stuff, I don't know how you would have ever heard of it, just doing the the research that I did to put this piece together. So if you are into that, if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, you should be able to see that now. If you're not, consider supporting us on Patreon, and you'll have access to some of that exclusive content. If you are a regular YouTube listener, we are still having issues there. Again, not our fault. Uh, the, the hosting company is having some problems with, with Google and YouTube, and it's a real big headache for everybody involved, but especially uh, the people who listen, listen to the show that way. And I just want to let you know, again, we are pressuring them to get this figured out as much as we possibly can for whatever that's worth. Uh, but we are, are working to try to get something resolved, and I want to get it resolved as quick as it possibly can. So, that's a couple of housekeeping notes. Check out that stuff on Patreon. Consider becoming a supporter if you're not. There's information on how to do that in your show notes. Mark Murphy talking today. And this news um, continues to be a little bit of a bummer. There aren't going to be any fans at preseason games, preseason practices, training camp. And now some new information on exactly what games could look like this fall. Mark Murphy said in a conference call with reporters this afternoon that it looks like attendance at games could be capped at about 12,000 fans, 10 to 12,000. That is just depressing to think about. First, what it means for the state of the pandemic in our country. I don't think that's a political statement. Not trying to get political about how the virus response and stuff is going. It just is a real bummer that that would affect games in this way. Secondly, just picturing 12,000 fans in Lambeau Field all by their lonesome, scattered all throughout the cavernous bowl that is Lambeau Field, is just sad to think about too. I've really treasured every time I've been able to go to Lambeau Field. It hasn't been as much as I would have liked And it's even sparser now that I live quite a ways away from Lambeau Field in a different state, as a matter of fact. But going there and seeing it that way, I think, would almost be worse than not going at all. Just in this constant state of being reminded how the world is right now, seeing something like that would just be a real bummer. 
I don't know, maybe you feel differently. Maybe you like going to games no matter what. Maybe it's an opportunity to say, hey, I was there. I was one of the 12,000 during the few home games the Packers got in 2020. Who knows? It's still up in the air exactly how many games I think we're going to play. I think that's that's still being hammered out. But for the meantime, in the meantime, it looks like 12,000 is the number the Packers are working with as the amount of people they feel they could safely fit into the into the stadium. Now, there aren't going to be any preseason games for fans to attend at all. It's starting to look that way, at least. According to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, the latest call between the NFL and the NFL Players Association uh, had a few stipulations that they are close to agreements on. To wit, no preseason games in 2020. Union still pushing for a longer ramp-up period in training camp. Roster sizes starting at 80 to open camp. A general agreement on voluntary and high-risk opt-out. And a general agreement on a stipend if games end up being lost. So let's take a couple of those. Uh, well, let's take them all one at a time here. No preseason games in 2020. That is a bummer if you are fighting for roster spots like 40 through 53. You're going to have to do it all in practice, and it's just different than games. I've seen a surprising amount of hand-waving out there on the internet from people saying, well, it's not that big of a deal to lose lose preseason games, just roll straight into the regular season. For most of the roster, yes, that is true. For a lot of guys, this is going to be it for their careers. The one shot that they had at an NFL roster is going to be limited to a few training camp practices. They don't ever get to do it under the lights in a real game situation at full speed. It's just not going to happen. So the make-or-break moment for their NFL career is going to be a, a bunch of practices at half speed, most of which aren't going to be fully padded. I'd be real bummed about that if that was the real shot that I got to make an NFL roster. The union is pushing for a longer ramp-up period in camp. So it's going to be a longer period if the union gets their way before or between players reporting for camp and the real grind of training camp. Maybe just a few days of meetings, some light practices, ease into the partially padded things, ease into the fully padded things, if they even do fully padded stuff in training camp this year. Roster size is going to be at 80 to start camp. So I, I opened the show talking about uh, the, the big 90, 90 player preview piece that we wrote for Patreon. Well, it looks like it's only going to be 80. 10 of those 90 players may not end up on the field at all for the Packers, which again would be a huge bummer. This is your one shot maybe to make an NFL roster. Now it's over before it even gets started thanks to a pandemic. The last two points could be bigger sticking points between the union and the league. I'm not sure as fans or people on the outside looking in how much they really really make a difference to us. They do seem to have a structure in place for players to opt out of training camp and or the season. It'll be interesting to see more stuff come out about that. Nothing we can really do about that. we got to play with the guys that are there, and I don't begrudge anybody opting out of this season. Maybe you're heading – you saw this, I guess, a lot with the with – the NBA bubble or whatever that is, not really a bubble, but uh, I think you, you you know what they're trying to get at there. Guys that are going to be free agents here at the end of this season for the NBA, 
just opting out and saying, you know what, I, I just don't think I'm going to roll the dice on this season. How, how that factors into this for players opting out, I don't know. If they still get credit for this year, if they don't, all that has to be factored in and, and figured out. And I'm, I'm glad I don't have to figure that out because that seems like a huge headache. But that is part of the, the calculus here. And then uh, that there is at least a conversation about players getting some money if the games are lost this fall, I think is a win for both sides. The players stay happy. And the owners put a little skin in the game here. I think that's that's a good thing there. So all of this stuff coming together slowly. Uh, supposedly, Packers rookies may yet report this week. I, th- I think it's got to be wait and see on everything here. Believe it when you see it. And even if you start seeing players in Green Bay, you never know. Uh, this could all go sideways in a hurry. I think if, if we've learned anything about society as a result of this pandemic, it's the margins are a lot smaller than maybe we were led to believe. Maybe we allowed ourselves to believe. This whole system we've got going is a lot more fragile than I think at least I would like to think. doesn't take a lot, it shows, as it turns out, to bring this all to a big screeching halt. And that's true of sports leagues, state and local governments, federal governments, a whole lot of things in this country, apparently. Maybe not so resilient as we've been led, led to think. On a happier note, let's talk a little bit about Brian Gutekunst. I want to take a look over the next few shows at, well, every part of the Packers team and roster. Kind of preview preview this season in a light sort of way. And I say a light sort of way because I got to be honest, I really don't know how to cover the team right now. Do you just do normal ramp up stuff when we don't know exactly when training camp is going to start? Do we try to kind of walk the line a little bit? Do we just talk about random other stuff? We could turn this into a podcast about who knows what for the next few weeks until we know for sure when the season is going to start. But I think we kind of got to walk the line, pretend a little bit like everything's going to be okay. And then if things really start looking like the season's going to go sideways, then we can reassess. So with that in mind, let's work our way from the top down in the Packers organization, kind of talk about the state of the team as we begin this year. Set some expectations, assess where we are. And the first guy you really got to talk about is Brian Gutekunst. It's a lot harder to talk about Mark Murphy, so we're just not going to. It's really hard to get your arms around what he really does and how it affects the on-field product. In a lot of ways, it really doesn't. Brian Gutekunst, not so much the case. His fingerprints are all over this team by now. And a lot of people are pretty big fans of what he's doing. Our week-by-week polls last year ended with Brian Gutekunst at a 92.6% approval rating. That's pretty darn good. A lot of people are big fans of what he's doing. What has he been doing? What kind of a GM has he been over the first almost three years now. First and foremost, he really is in on everything. 
He had an interesting quote in his introductory press conference, quote, we're not going to leave any stone unturned as far as any avenue of player acquisition. We're going to be in every conversation, end quote. And I think that's largely been true. He has looked behind every door trying to get good players for the Packers. He's done a bunch of trades. The Demarius Randall Deshaun Kaiser deal is probably the most notable one. That one really didn't work out for the Packers, but he's also moved around in the draft pretty aggressively without losing too much in the way of draft capital. You know how he's played in free agency. They had a huge spring in 2019, but I think we also have to remember, guys, they went for and didn't get Malik Jackson moving from Jacksonville to Philadelphia, Allen Robinson moving from Jacksonville to Chicago. He was in on those conversations. He was right there at the end. Remember, guys, that he signed that also didn't work out. Muhammad Wilkerson, that was a worthwhile swing for Brian Gutekunst. It didn't work out, but it was worth a shot, and it didn't hurt the Packers long term. He's trying things. He's also done things like going after Kyle Fuller when he was under the transition tag. That was a weird situation, and I'm not really sure that getting in on the bidding for Kyle Fuller really worked all that well for the Packers, kind of just gave the Bears a pretty palatable contract for for Fuller. But hey, worth a shot, and you never know. He's also been pretty good about constantly fishing for undrafted free agents. Hasn't really had a big hit yet, but he's continually churning the roster. And he's turned up a a couple gems, like Chandon Sullivan uh, is a good example. Not so much an undrafted free agent, but kind of in that vein guys that haven't had a lot of NFL experience and are just looking for an opportunity. Really, I think the the best way to describe Brian Gutekunst in Green Bay so far is a guy who makes a lot of bets, signs a lot of free agents, and makes a lot of draft picks. Made nine in 2020, eight last year, 11 in 2018. He's getting in a lot of picks, even when he's trading up and moving around. And he's making a lot of specific kinds of bets, or one specific kind of bet, I guess. It's guys who have enormously high ceilings as defined by their athletic profile. So we looked a lot at relative athletic scores. Brian Gutekunst is very interested in those guys for that simple reason. I think it's because they have a very, very high ceiling. Even a guy, remember, I I was looking back at draft history for the Packers today. Remember Kendall Donerson, their their seventh round pick in 2018? He never ended up, ended up playing at all for the Packers in the regular season. But there are freak athletes and then there are true freak athletes. And Kendall Donerson fell into the latter category. And just the fact that he stuck around as long as he did showed the kind of athlete and prospect that he was. If he had ever been able to put anything together, chances are he could have made some real noise on the roster. If he would have developed any actual football skills, who knows what he could have become. And that's the sort of bet that's worth making at every level of the draft. He's also done a good job of looking at veterans who were underutilized or perhaps used a little bit incorrectly. The Smiths, Zedarius and Preston, Adrian Amos, Mercedes Lewis, kind of an example, even an internal one. His first season with the Packers in 2018 was not great, but he was not perhaps really used correctly. Brian Gutekunst brings him back, 
gets him in a situation where he can be used a little bit more effectively, and he has a much better 2019. So Brian Gutekunst is betting pretty heavily on a specific kind of player, a couple specific kinds of players, and he's putting bets down on as many players as he possibly can. Has it been working? That's the rub, I think, for 2020. Because my big question for Brian Gutekunst heading into this year is when do you tip over from building to growing? I think we're there. 2018, 2019 were kind of the rebuilding years. That 13-3 and record was really nice in 2019, but it kind of, I think, came earlier in the process than we would have expected. The 2020 Packers should fully be Brian Gutekunst's vision. He got his coach. He's had two drafts with his coach. He's had two runs at free agency with his coach. Now we should get the full Brian Gutekunst Packers. So what does that look like? That's the big question heading into 2020. And I don't know when we're going to get the answer on that. But that's not the only question about Brian Gutekunst. Another question I have about him is what happens when he makes a big mistake or when it becomes apparent that he's made a big mistake. Rashawn Gary, Josh Jackson, Jamon Moore gave us a little bit of a preview, but that's still pretty painless cutting a fourth round pick. Plus he was really, really bad and that made that decision easy. When will Brian Gutekunst move on from mistakes? And I'm not saying Rashawn Gary or Josh Jackson was necessarily a mistake, but If it becomes clear that they can't get it done, when does he move on? We're a couple years out in Rashawn Gary. We might be there with Josh Jackson. Another question is what happens if things start going really badly with his plan? So we've got the Brian Gutekunst Packers now. They are reflecting his vision for the team. What if midway through this season, assuming everything is normal as far as getting games in on schedule and stuff like that. What if it becomes very clear that this plan isn't going to work? That whatever Matt LaFleur is trying to accomplish isn't going to work? That the personnel they have in place on offense isn't going to make things happen? What then? What does Brian Gutekunst do then? Because I don't know if he's really faced a whole ton of adversity so far. Things have gone pretty well during the Brian Gutekunst era. His, his moves have generally worked out. And we haven't really been to the point where you can say, okay, it's been three years since you drafted this guy. It's time to move on. Now we're into that territory. What happens and how does he handle it if things that he put in motion don't work out? When will he move on from mistakes? And what if his mistakes reveal bigger problems with his overall plan? So what do we expect from Brian Gutekunst in 2020? I think you're going to look at a, at a season where you still have a lot of roster churn, especially if things are, are a little bit weird virus-wise. I think he'll continue to churn that roster. I wouldn't be surprised to see Brian Gutekunst sign one more impact-free agent or try to get another veteran into camp just to try to make things a little bit more interesting at, at a, a given position group. Who knows what that could be. I've had my eyes on defensive line, but I think he seems pretty confident with the group they have there. 
The big thing, though, would be just getting a, a Kenny Clark extension done. And I think it's becoming a more and more of a situation where Clark himself might be more willing to wait and just see what things look like next spring, what the, the landscape is around the NFL. It's not like he's going to be moving on because I have to assume the Packers would franchise tag him if things got to that point next spring. But I think that's something Brian Gutekunst should absolutely be looking to get done here during the 2020 season. So more roster churn, maybe one more free agent signing, and get that Kenny Clark extension done. That's what I would expect from Brian Gutekunst in 2020. What are your thoughts about Brian Gutekunst? What have you thought about him as the Packers general manager so far? I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Reach out wherever you can find me. Share your thoughts, and maybe we will share them on a future episode of Blue 58. So I've got for you on this episode. Thank you so much for listening in. Check out that piece at patreon.com slash thepowersweep. Uh, about all the different guys the Packers have on the roster right now. Uh, Just looking at some more behind-the-scenes facts about each of those guys. Take a look at that. And just continue to share this podcast and and interact with each other and uh, and with the show as, as much as you can because that helps us keep this conversation. And having that conversation, getting more people involved with it, is how we're going to help everybody become smarter Packers fans. Because as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.